0: You're listening to the CXMH podcast. CXMH is a podcast at the intersection of faith and mental health. Hey, welcome back to CXMH. Um, My name is Dr. Holly Oxhandler, and I am joined, as always, by my co host, Robert Vohr. As always. As always. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I'm good. There's something not as always about this one, though. I
0: know. This is so fun. Yeah. Y'all, we are sitting in my parents' um, kitchen right now recording this episode live. Yeah. So fun. So I do want to put a plug in, a little thank you to um, Susan Case Designs for um, providing this episode. (laughs)
1: for letting us use this space yes, and recording. Us and, yes,
0: yeah. Yeah. I'm super, super thankful, but this is so fun. Y'all we're just sitting here just chatting about how things have been. And yeah. um, we
1: literally just had to pause and say like, wait, 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 let's record all this yeah, because we were having a conversation <laughs> yeah. anyway. Yeah.
0: I know. I love this. It's so fun. Um, y'all normally we record these episodes through Skype. So getting to actually sit side by side and do this is a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Well, today, Robert and I have been talking a little bit lately just about you know faith and uh, the faith journey. You know we talk a lot about both faith and mental health on this show, obviously. And something that we realize we haven't really talked a whole whole lot about is the faith journey and um, how doubt can trickle into the faith journey and just kind of what that looks like. So, for this week's episode, i I kind of thought it might be helpful for us to unpack a little bit about our faith journeys and um, integrate some, some work on the various stages of faith that are quite normalized, um, across traditions. And so that's kind of what we're doing today. Does that sound okay with you, Robert? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I, what I think is interesting, even right there, you said the way that faith like trickles into the faith journey. And I don't, we actually haven't discussed oh, doubt. Like, the way that doubt yes, trickles yes, yes, into the yes, faith journey? Yeah. The uh-huh. way that doubt trickles into the faith journey. And I don't, I don't know if we're going to like disagree on anything because typically we don't necessarily, but I think, <laughs> I would say that that doubt is like an integral part of faith journeys uh, as opposed to something to be necessarily avoided, but we'll get into all that.
0: Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think we're going to be on the same page with that too, but awesome. Well, Well, why don't we start with you? Okay if you feel comfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel great. Okay. Yeah. Well, why don't you, Robert Four, tell us a little bit about your faith journey.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, it's probably not that different from a lot of people, right? Uh, I grew up in a church. I grew up in a Catholic church. Uh, and it, it was a thing that we like did on Sundays. It was, you know, you like got up and went and you went to Sunday school and all that. Um, and it was fine. I, I mean, uh, I think a lot of it was like a social component. I, I always like kind of wrestle with how to, uh, like apply my now lens on things that were happening then. Right. Because yeah. I don't think, you know, in middle school or whatever, I would have said like, Oh, I don't care about any of this. It's just the kind of a thing we do because it didn't matter. Right. I were friends there and like the, a lot of social things, uh, but for looking at it now, I think I, I view it much differently. So I think that's always a, a weird thing is trying to apply like our now lens on things yeah. previously. No, that's a good point. That's um, a really good point. In all areas, but especially yeah. in terms of like faith, right? And so, yeah. uh, we did that, uh, went all through that and then, uh, in later, there's always like a weird, trying to sort through things, right? Because in middle school, and this is true of a lot of folks just like, you know, kind of statistically, right? Uh, as I grew into adolescence, struggled a lot with like depression, anxiety type things, uh, more on the depressive side, uh, pretty suicidal. Right. And so we've talked about some of that. Yeah. Um, and that faith environment, nobody ever said, like, you can't talk about this, right? Yeah. I think we've said this, but it wasn't talked about, right? And right. so I know a lot of people that were flat out told you can't talk about this or uh that wasn't my experience. It just was that it wasn't talked about. And so I think that probably played into kind of like a weakening of like, hey, this is relevant to my everyday life, yeah. right? Because the thing you like go and do and you go to youth group and whatever, and I think the way we think about belief some and even talk about belief sometimes is like kind of just this head thing. Yeah. But like that's essentially it, right? Like you could say, I believe in these things, but like that just is what it is. Like you you know. Right. And so I would say that's where I stood for a long time in college. There was kind of like a I think I still would have said, I believe these things maybe, but there was a lot of wrestling through like, well then how come I'm so miserable all the time? You know, what kind of like, you know, if God can just fix things and he creates brains and all, then how come mine works like this? And so that was always hard, like kind of wrestling through, well then, and this is probably really common, but like looking around, if there's like a great God who's like really loving and all that, then like... Mm -hmm. What the hell is happening? Yeah. You know, like why are people dying? Like why is all right. this stuff right? <gasps> but so, like later college years, I think I I I did this internship that kind of really shifted things, and then I came back and I remember going through.
0: Was that in England? that internship? No, no. Oh. So that
1: that was like post graduating, oh, but okay. I did um, an internship for one semester at a nonprofit, oh, and okay. so. Um, but coming back from that, I I believed a whole lot more in like the idea of community so yeah. i was like trying to be really intentional about seeking that out and being mm-hmm. honest about the pain that i was going through yeah. but then also that summer i ended up listening to a like a podcast series from this church uh that was like from the middle of nowhere i'd never mm-hmm. heard of the church but uh and it was going through first john mm-hmm. and first john is all about like love and kind of the practicality of that right yeah and so even now like if i'm ever kind of stuck and i think like i maybe i want to like read some bible but i like where do i even start i default to first john because Mm -hmm. it 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 reminds me of kind of this way that this bigger like faith thing Mm -hmm. plays itself plays itself out right like which as like a fun side note in john's gospel he refers to himself as the disciple that God loved or that yeah. Jesus loved. Yeah. Uh, and most of his books are very much about like the outwardness of yeah. love. Uh, and it, you know, I think there's something there about the more that you identify and feel like you are loved, the more that you are then, you know, yes. putting that into action. Yep. And if you're a Bible scholar, you can tell me that's totally wrong. But <laughs> uh, so I think that for me kind of shifted into like, Oh, this could be a day to day, like actionable thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that shift was pretty dramatic. And then since then it's kind of been like a simultaneous like deconstruction, reconstruction, yeah. kind of just sorting through like, which things uh, do I believe to be true? Which things are just things that I was told, like, which thing, you know, kind of sorting yeah. through this like cultural Christianity, this right. like disboard of belief statements that people give us as we, yeah. as we move through life. And so yeah. um, even now I would say I'm, I'm in that process. I think I'm, have reconstructed quite a bit, but I mean, every now and again, you know, you look at something that someone, you know, a a prominent faith leader says on an interview or something and you say like, I don't know about that. I think that is terrible. Uh, and that doesn't reflect the character of what I believe to be the character of God. And so, and so then now I'm here, I guess. I don't, yeah. So what
0: do you, can I ask like what you're doing today? Like, what does your faith look like today?
1: Uh, yeah. So we, I mean, we go to a church, we attend a church. It's much more, that's a great question. Hmm. Uh, I, I think it's for me the like day to dayness of it. I try to it is more I would say is more important to me. So I like try to to do that right in yeah. terms of how do I love the people around me really well? Yeah. How do I what? How does that impact my like stances on things from like yeah. political things to like mental health things? Right. right. So right. even this show or like any of these things are, are born out of like how do we help people like love the people around them better? Right. And so even in like suicide prevention trainings or things, I I reference a a couple of different quotes, usually if it's like a faith, you know, if it's a faith group, but uh, things like uh, in Galatians, you know, um, carry each other's burdens. And in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. And so to me, I think about like, what, what am I like kind of helping carry for other people? Right. Because that's how I'm demonstrating or um, things like that. And so, even sitting in a therapy room for me is like, yeah. although I don't brand it as like Christian counseling or whatever, right. right? But that experience is still like a sacred space to me because people are saying, "Here is my pain," and then for me yeah. to help carry that and to yeah. listen to that and to be involved in that, I think is yeah. there's something really sacred about that. And so I think those, like the kind of everyday, what do I do with that?
0: Yeah, like it's just infused in everything. It yeah, sounds like that is the goal. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's the, really good. It's always the goal. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, I do love you mentioning 1st John. I pulled that up because I do love the verse for 1st John 3.16 that says this is how we know what love is, Jesus Christ lay down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters
1: yeah and um, so that one in particular yeah. right thinking about like what is it that i'm sacrificing for other yeah. people now we can get in probably like a swung too far in that that's right always, with
0: like boundaries right or, because you have to have something
1: to give right yes but i, I even think right. about so uh when i do the suicide prevention trainings right. for churches or whatever right i'll say like hey having these conversations like asking somebody hey are you suicidal is like really uncomfortable for right. you and like it's yeah. gonna be right i'm not saying that that's not but like are you willing to say like well i will sacrifice my comfort to right. then be involved in this thing right yeah and so yep. thinking about things in, in those terms are always helpful to me Ooh. while keeping in mind that like i have to have something to, to give right Ooh. like i the goal is to be a yeah. river there's like things flowing in and flowing out that's right if nothing's flowing out your swamp if nothing's flowing yeah. in and you're just giving then like yeah. you run out of things to give right so oh,
0: that's good i like that analogy
1: yeah yeah it's uh my friend Christine, I think, is where that came from when we worked in England.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: But yeah, so I think even that one is like a good example in me of like what instead of like love, but like yeah. what do we do with that? You right, know? right, right, right. Yeah. Like
0: where's the practical? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, I feel like that's where social work comes right in. And I'm sure yeah. that's how you feel with counseling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's
1: even a really practical example, yeah. right, of like – jesus saying like hey like this world is like a big mess and there's a bunch of pain but like i'm willing to step into that because i love you
0: yes
1: for me then to say like hey i I very much want to like step into people's pain with them yes and not just like fix it from afar or like avoid it but like can i step into this and then like you know, yeah. it's worth that.
0: I was just talking with my mom about this before you came over actually. And we were talking about, cause she, <laughs> um, we were talking about this, uh, and some of that wrestling and doubt and, you know, and I was, I kept going back to that word Emmanuel, which is God, is, mm. God with us, yeah. you know, God, not that, you know, God has a magic wand and is just fixing everything, but that no matter what, um, that God's walking beside us. Through everything every single step of this journey yeah. So, yeah which
1: even that is like such a a beautiful departure of how we think about things because a lot of times we think like how can i like solve this person's problem how can i fix this for them yeah. uh, and so often i'm sure you know this yes. but like what people need is somebody to say like I acknowledge this sucks and it's like painful, and I'm going to like sit here with you in That's that right. instead and of like, hold the space well, I'm going to do something, right? That's right. Which
0: yep.
1: is a it's a good instinct, I think, of saying, like, hey, what can I do for you? It and they have and, good
0: intentions. Yeah, but and there may, may be something. So yeah.
1: I always try to kind of do both of like, hey, if there's anything I can do, I will do it. But also, if not, like, I just want to sit here with I'm you with in you. this, you know? Yeah,
0: no, I totally get it. Oh, I get it. That's good. Well, um, so I have a similar background in the fact that I grew up Catholic and, and, um, I went to Catholic school, my whole upbringing from, you know, preschool all the way up until my first semester of college. Um, and, um, for me, it was very similar of, you know, going to church every Sunday and going through and doing all the sacraments and, you know, we had religion class like, you know, every day in school growing up and, and I'm really grateful for that. But I remember at a young age, Wrestling a lot with it because I, I would hear, you know, my teachers saying one thing to me, but then what was happening in my daily life, I was like, this is not congruent. And, and I'm, I'm really struggling with hearing these things or these are the commandments we should keep up with. But like, how do, because of some of the pain that was going on in my life at that time, like, how, how can I really honor some of those things? So, um, so I struggled with that when I was younger and then, it was in eighth grade. Um, the school that I went to had this event called the Passion Mime, um, and we would all dress up in black with white on our faces and um,
1: – Passion Mime.
0: Mime. Mime, like M-I-M-E. So we dre- So we dressed up like mimes.
1: Oh, I'm so – I'm so interested <laughs> to see where this goes.
0: So um, – we had one student read the story of uh, the crucifixion and we would walk around silently and act it out. And we went through like these months of practicing and preparation. And there was something about going through this and the silence and the heaviness of it as an, it was an eighth grade. I was yeah. like what, 13 or 14 at yeah. the time. Um, but there was such a heaviness with it. And, the the truth is, is that one of my really good friends was the one who was picked to be Jesus. Mm. And something clicked for me at that point in learning and recognizing, finally taking in the fact that, uh, that, you know, since I could see this person as being a friend of mine, I'm it was not too far to jump to it being Jesus and thinking mm. that Jesus genuinely loved me so much that. Um, that he was willing to die on a cross for me. Yeah. And that was heavy at a young age. And I kind of carried that for a while, but I still wrestled a ton and doubted and, you know, wrestling with the pain of like, you know, God loves us. Like, why are these things happening in yeah. my life? This pain and yeah. suffering. And, and then I went away to school. I went to St. Bonaventure University in New York for a semester. And during that, we had, um, these weekly meditations. And one of the things that we did was, um, we would sit and do the be still and know that I'm God prayer. So you start out with that line and then you go to be still and know and then, um, that I am be still a no be still and be. Hmm. And, and we would go on these retreats and I felt so much, I like started to get a lot closer to God, um, during that season. And, in a whole new way than I, yeah, had expected. Um, and then I moved to Texas and the shock from New York <laughs> to Texas, um, the culture shock was just very different and churches are very different in Texas compared to New York. And, Those places
1: seem so similar to me though.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry y'all, my voice is cracking from allergies out here in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, So, so I moved down to Texas and, you know, I was exposed to a whole bunch of different traditions and diversity. And, um, I just like dove into learning about different faiths. My dad who adopted me was Buddhist. And so we'd have long conversations about Buddhism and first Christianity. And I was diving into learning about Judaism and Islam and Hinduism and um, even Scientology at one point. I was learning more about I just started to see this thread of unity in the diversity and how love really is that motivating force behind so many of these faith traditions. And from there, my faith has continued to evolve going from very, you know, energetic, energized churches to now being in a season of craving more contemplative, quiet, liturgical type spaces. And where I am today is certainly like i I know I've told you this, like I practice centering prayer every morning for like 20 minutes and practice gratitude each night um, before I end the day. Um, but wrestling with doubt has just been absolutely one big part of this whole journey too. And there's a comfort in it for me because I've learned and leaned into the truth that the opposite of faith isn't doubt, it's certainty. Hmm. And so if I'm clinging to faith with these closed fists and white knuckled, you know, just like, this is how it is then I am not open to the goodness and truth and blessing and love that God is wanting to give me mm. an awareness and awakening. So I've tried to really lean into that like open palm receiving, uh, I guess version of my faith yeah. to the point that I know with, like I told you with my tattoos, I got one of them is a little heart that's on the inside of my wrist as a reminder to keep my palms up. Mm. Um, and then I'm going to miss a lot if I keep my hands closed tight. Yeah. So yeah.
1: no, I think that's great. And even talking about kind of this like, doubt right because part of what's spawned this conversation is a yeah. couple conversations recently within like the cxmh community and things like that uh-huh. of, of like doubt even we've had conversations about things um and so doubt seems to come attached as like the the opposite of faith right and yeah i remember right when i finished college i think it was my i was doing my internship uh, not the one i mentioned before but a different one at a college ministry and i read this book by greg boyd called the benefit of the doubt uh-huh. and it like super shifted a lot of things for me in that sense, right? Because he talks about the way that doubt is presented as like a sin, right? Yeah. As the opposite, you know, doubt as like the absence of faith. Right. Uh, And so our goal is just to like, believe as hard as you can, which doesn't mean anything. Right. Right. Uh, And so that... There's a couple problems with that. One, that doesn't mean anything, right. right? If somebody says, like, what do I do? And you say, well, just believe harder. Uh, oh that doesn't affect, right? No,
0: it shames someone because they're like, shameful. oh my gosh, I'm not believing enough? What's wrong with me? Right. Ugh.
1: And like one of the other problems with that is if that is truly the case, like the goal is just to believe whatever as hard as you can, then that means we're essentially just everything's based on like a roll of the dice of like what faith tradition were you born into? Yeah. Because if yeah. if it's like you can never doubt, whatever the thing is, it's, yep. well, you were born in one church. I was right. born in a different church with different parents, with different like right. friends yeah. with different. So then it's like, well, you're kind of hoping that that's the right one. Yeah. Right. Which doesn't seem to really make sense. And right. what I believe to be the character of God, that doesn't make right. sense. So, so doubt, instead of being like this negative thing, being kind of this process of figuring out of, right? It's kind of this natural element. Yeah. And even if you look scripturally, right. In one of my favorite books is the book of Job.
0: Yes. For a lot of oh reasons, gosh. but I, one of the things that Job too. is wrestling
1: with yep. is something that, I mean, we both mentioned, but then also yeah. I think is very common of, like, well, then what do I do with all these, like, bad things, right? Yeah. All this suffering. Yeah. Uh, and what I love about this story, right, all his friends come, and they, like, sit with him for a bit, which is yeah. good, uh, yeah. and then job is like yelling at god like he's like wrestling yeah. with god right. uh and then his friends come and try to like give him you know his one friend a will like give him you know here's the here's the answer yeah uh and then job will like argue a little bit back at him but then also then keep arguing with god and then friend two same thing friend three and you see job's arguments gradually progress more towards arguing with his friends and more against oh. arguing with god huh. and at the end of the story. God comes in and he doesn't give any answers. He says, like, hey, like, I'm here. Uh, And then he says, like, hey, Job did this right and the rest of you did this wrong. Uh, And so, like, what he wanted Job to do was, like, take all that and, like, wrestle through it with God. Even though he was kind of angrily yelling it. Not even kind of. But, like, that was the proper thing. You know, not like, well, we're trying to debate the intricacies of that's what he wanted. Right. right? And the the story of, like, Jacob wrestling, like, to get the blessing. Like, he lives with a limp after it because, like. It took a toll, but he, like, the wrestling through the night was, like, it wasn't painted as a bad thing, right? right? It's, like, he got the blessing, you know, and so this idea of, like, well, you never just, like, believe hard enough, A, I think is kind of impossible, but also, like, that's just awful for people, you know, because it's It's impossible.
0: It is. Yeah. Well, and what's enough? Like it's just going to keep climbing. Right. Right. right, Yeah. No, I, I found a lot of freedom when I heard, uh, I don't remember who it was, but some pastor along the way mentioning that, you know, God is more interested in us fighting with God rather than just accepting or just being apathetic or just being like, like that relationship, that engagement is more is what God's more interested in than I just, than us just being like, whatever Mm, and and growing apathetic.
1: Yeah. 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 I think one thing that's, shifted for me in the past probably five years is even the, just the definition of belief and i think what i've landed on at least for the time being is uh-huh. like the things that you're willing to act on Ooh, as opposed good. to like yeah. this purely mental like whatever right so if i told you like right. i believe that i can do a backflip right now and you said like, i'll give you a million dollars if you do it and <laughs> I say we're like, gonna
0: get facebook live going in a second if here. <laughs> you said
1: i'll give you a million dollars if you do that and i said like no i don't really want to like uh-huh. i'm not gonna do that you would say okay you don't actually believe that yeah. right and that, for me, is more helpful in thinking about. Mm-hmm. There are times where I don't feel, you know, warm and fuzzy. There are times where I, right. like, where things right. like are hard and suck, and yeah. but then to like still act on those, and we even from yeah. treating anxiety or things like, right. like, we know that this is how right. you get to changing the feeling. Right? right? Is yeah. kind of this not fake it till you make it? That's a terrible thing, but no. well, it's not terrible. It's just a weird phrase, but. Acting in like I believe these things to be true. So right. when I don't feel like doing something loving for you, right? right? Like I'm mad at you, right. but if I believe that I'm supposed to acting out of that anyway, right. I think is a stronger thing than like, well, I'll wait until I feel that and then and then roll with it. Well, you know?
0: Yes, but up until the point, you know, I still think that you still have to be assessing the why behind that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right? Yeah, because. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Especially as we're, you know, thinking about our motivations, you know, um, you know, like I can imagine a situation that's not a healthy one where you're like, Oh, well, I'll just, you know, act loving towards them. And it's like, no, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you have yeah. To think about certain motivations. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: Please don't stay in an unhealthy situation. Yeah. 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 For any reason. Yeah. It's that's just not- changing. Yeah. yeah.
0: But, but, you know, alongside having, um, a good spiritual director or therapist or, you know, coach or, or whatever, you know, works best for you. I think that's good.
1: Yeah. You know what I just thought about? What's this that? is going to be like a weird, so Brooke and I were watching the bachelor the other day. Uh-huh. Right? And oh,
0: that's right. I forgot y'all watched that. Multiple.
1: So <laughs> no super common in these shows is there starts like, you know, some drama between two people oh, or whatever, God. and then they do like the one-on-one <laughs> little camera thing. And mm-hmm. inevitably, what will happen is you know whatever girl or guy, but this season it's girls fighting, right? They say like, listen, I'm like so loving and I'm like patient and I will be your best friend oh until you make me mad and then, and so every time I think <sighs> and Brooke even commented on the last like, well then you're not really uh, yeah that's what right are, that's not okay that's everybody then right. like that's right what are you saying here you know yeah. and just like kind of acting out of whatever is happening right now instead yeah. of like, well, I'm committed to being these things. Right. I think it's like an interesting, yeah. I just thought about it while we were in that conversation. <laughs> That's was like,
0: awesome. Hmm. Mm. Well, it's good. Well, one of the things that we were thinking about with this episode too is, um, you know, talking a little bit about Fowler's stages of faith and how they grow over time. Um, and Fowler has a, a generally You know, there's some kind of age gaps or stretches in which each of these happen and unfold, but we figured we could kind of share these as well. I mean, and maybe even think about how that these have applied for like our journeys too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we should say these are James Fowler's, the ones that he kind of said and then assigned label like ages to, right?
0: Right. Right.
1: Pretty much nothing in like, this area of things you can say like this is an exact formula That's that always exactly works right so this is right. what yes. james fowler proposed as like kind and of these certain, are
0: theories it's not theories. like he's yeah, yeah right yeah exactly. and
1: particularly the ages i think are going to be interesting to yeah to talk about
0: so um so in his first stage he has the intuitive projective which is uh, really for preschool kids um who Fantasy, in which fantasy and reality get mixed together. Um, And this is when the most basic ideas about God or some higher power are usually picked up from their parents or society. And should we just go back and forth or do you want to do a next one?
1: Why don't you talk us okay. through this one, and then okay. I'm gonna talk a little bit about the simplified version that's next to okay. this that because I like that one too. That's
0: good. Yeah. All right. So that first stage, and then this is the second one. This is. I'll the- say
1: this too: if you're listening to this and you're not like driving or something, we'll have a like a PDF of these in the show notes if yeah. you want to follow along. If you're that type of you know learner.
0: Yeah. So the next one is the mythic literal, which is when children become school age, they start understanding the world um, in a more logical ways. They accept the stories that are told um, to them by their faith community, but they tend to understand them in very literal ways. Um, Some people, it says, remain in this stage through adulthood. So Robert, do you want to give us that kind of little simplified version?
1: Yeah. So this is a simplified version, and I don't know who this is, but it says by M. Scott Peck, so sure. And he kind of lumps these into what he calls chaotic or antisocial. Uh, I don't think he means that in a negative way. Right. Uh, but hmm, I don't like this description of it. Yeah. That's okay. And kind of pre-formalizing any kind of beliefs, right? So if you think about uh, in Fowlers, he attaches this to like very young children, right? So kind of uh, I think of some friends and when they say like ask him about jesus what he mostly refers to is like the baby jesus toy of uh, like their nativity scene because that's the most recent like so kind of this fantasy reality type like i don't know this thing might exist but it's the same as uh, daniel tiger
0: yeah (laughs) that's awesome um well the next one um the next stage that fowler has is the synthetic conventional this is um, people will move on to this stage, usually around um, adolescents or teenagers. This is when their life has grown to include several different social circles, and there's a need to pull them all together. And when this happens, a person usually adopts some sort of all-encompassing belief system. Um, but they tend to have a hard time seeing outside their box and don't recognize that they're inside this form of belief system. Usually this is when um, authority is usually placed in individuals or groups that represent their own beliefs. So, uh, this typically is a stage that a lot of people stay at right around here. So
1: Yeah. Yeah. And in Peck's like simplified, he puts this as formal or institutional, which like you said, relying on an institution, like a specific church, a specific thing to kind of provide those beliefs, to give them some stability, mm-hmm. uh, very like kind of heavy attachment to that. Uh, a lot of like defensiveness if people argue with that, that challenge that, and so I think if you look at uh, you know any uh, Twitter stream or like yeah. a Facebook comment about faith, <laughs> you you you'll see what we're talking about here. Of yeah. how dare you question any of this it's, type of things, right? right? Like I was taught this, you were taught that, so you're a big dumb dumb, right? <sighs> yeah, uh, things like that, and so. I do think so what's interesting even so far the, that Fowler proposed them with specific ages but I think if if you're someone who uh, maybe you didn't grow up in a faith tradition or something right these can happen kind of at any point where yes, you that's
0: right. start to about right. some
1: kind of faith yeah. and then you say like oh i really trust these people based on my experience or whatever and so then you like lean into that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, there's definitely not a rigid like this is exactly at the age and you know and again you may get stuck at certain stages or um, maybe go back at certain points um, but this is generally kind of rules with them. Yeah. So the next one is the individuative reflective, and this is a, a really tough stage.
1: I'm so proud of you. I looked, <laughs> I looked at that and I thought, oh no, she's going to have to pronounce this be, word. Well, thank
0: you for I, your faith in me, Fred. <laughs> I
1: literally, I thought, I looked at it and I said, I have no idea how to pronounce this. So you crushed <laughs> it.
0: Um, so this is when... Um, so as I was saying, this is a really tough stage around, usually begins to emerge around young adulthood when people start seeing outside the box a little bit and they realize that there really are other boxes. Um, so thinking back to my journey when this is when I started learning about other faith traditions around young adulthood, yeah, right? Yeah. It's pretty appropriate. Um, they begin to critically examine their beliefs on their own and often become disillusioned with other, or I'm sorry, with their former faith. Um, ironically, the stage that preceded this the folks in that stage usually think that stage four people have become backsliders when in reality they're actually moving forward in their mm. faith development. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, huh?
1: Yeah. And this to me, when we've talked a couple times about this term of like deconstruction, yes, right. Of that's saying right. this, that's like, right. this house was built for me uh-huh. uh, that other people said, here's your like house. And then walking through and saying like, well, this part seems like it doesn't make sense. This part seems like it, this part seems yeah. harmful and trying to like tear some of that down. And mm-hmm. I do think, um, well, first I'll say that in the simplified version here, it calls this skeptic slash individual, but I, I think this is a really hard transition for people partially because it comes with it so much uncertainty. Yeah. Right. Like, well, if I, if I pull this one card out of this house, the whole thing is going to tumble down. That's right. Yep. Uh, So that's terrifying. Yes. And then if that's reinforced, like you said, by other people who are saying like, Hey, you've started to question this, like that's a moral failing. Right. I think about a lot of times, uh, there's kind of this like stereotypical, like you went off to college and now you're questioning everything. Uh, Like, And the kind of demonization of that from specific circles of like, these colleges are ruining our kit, you know, uh, that type of reaction from family members or people that you've trusted your whole life. If you grew up in a faith community can make that even more challenging because then you're doing it on your own. Right. And you think like, Oh, I'm doing doing something wrong.
0: Right. I think this is when the wilderness kind of starts Mm. when you start getting into that place of like, there is not a clear path ahead of me. Um, I don't have this clear constructed next step of what I'm supposed to do. And you're starting to question your beliefs and, and, yeah, that fear of losing your community, losing the support, that sense of belonging. I think it happens around this stage, but it's also when you – well, we'll see what the next couple of stages what Yeah, happens. yeah. So.
1: And even in the, – the, on the PEC side of this, it yeah. says a lot of the time this stage ends up being very non-religious and some people stay in it permanently. Yeah. And I do think that you – the other half of like the internet, you know, you see yes. a lot of this of We've like – we talked
0: about that, yeah.
1: Looking at – the, the church as a whole or like religious institutions and making necessary criticisms and saying like this is this part's wrong this part's wrong yeah which i mean uh, we've done on this show saying right. like hey the way that we talk about mental health is like not great a lot of the time you
0: gotta grow a little bit thinking, but yeah. if
1: you like hang out in that and angrily like throw right. stones the whole time yes. then then that is maybe I, and i, I want to be really clear here because I know a lot of people that are still in that space and I like love them dearly. And yeah, there's something to right. be said for that's right. the, like the, the, the harm that was done before that. Yeah. Right. Especially to, yes. to specific people, groups and things. And so I don't yeah. want to say like, if you're in this space, that's wrong. Cause it's not, No,
0: it's not, it's not, and it's part lot of, of the journey. Like anger
1: and pain that is, there right. is very real. That's and right. so I want to make sure that you we really like hear that, that, us, that.
0: Yeah. But I think this is, it speaks to just that, the bigness and the trust, and needing to just, I yeah, leaning on that sense of trust through the journey, and and being okay with the questioning, and having grace through that, and not, and I'm not saying grace in like a super religious, you know, terminology or anything, but, yeah, but just having that, I don't know, that just that inner peace as you're wrestling yeah. and questioning and looking at other boxes and. And having folks thinking that you're a backslider or whatever. Well, right. right. And
1: I think that's where we get stuck a lot of the time is instead of seeing any kind of progression, seeing kind of this dichotomy of like either you're like in or you're out. Oh, and gosh. so if you're oh, wrestling with like, oh. hey, some of the in is like really terrible. That's right. Then if you say well, like, hey, some of this looks really terrible. So I guess I'm out. But I like. I maybe want to still believe in something, but then everyone that's in the in category says like, well, too bad you're out because you're like questioning (laughs) anything. Like we talked about that does set up this like dichotomy where like, okay, if I have to choose, like forget this, you know? And so I think that's kind of the, the tension point that we see a lot is people saying, well, there's only two options here as opposed to like, you it's can really question not. a lot of this and yeah. that's like a natural part of, if you are 50 years old and you say like, I believe all the exact same things as I did when I was five, Right I don't. I have a hard time believing that anyway. Because right, because you've experienced a lot more wild. life so since then. Yeah, and so to so, say like, nope, you just have to, and it gets yeah. back to that like doubt as sin versus like just believe hard enough thing oh, that gosh. then you say, well then like, no, okay, I'm out. D- yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I think, I think certainty is more of a, mm. well, I'm not even going to use that word, but. Drop a, uh, yeah. a
1: Pete Ens. I know, name. I was
0: going to say, I think there's a book about that. There is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to read that book. Um, okay. So the next, uh, the next phrase or phase that Fowler has is conjunctive. Um, and at this phase, he said it's rare for people to reach this phase before midlife. This is the point when people get, begin to realize the limits of logic and start to accept the paradoxes of life. They begin to see life as a mystery. And often return to the sacred stories and symbols, uh, but this time without being stuck in the theological box. Hmm. And the last one I'll read before we get to uh, yours, the last phase is universalizing. A few people reach the stage, but those who do tend to live their life in the full service of others without any real worries or doubts.
1: Hmm. So. Yeah, few people indeed.
0: Few people indeed. He worries yes. it out, That's yeah. Right. And
1: yeah. Peck combines these two into mystical slash communal, uh-huh. and says, you know, people who reach this stage start to realize there's truth to be found in both the previous two stages, which kind of that reconstruction that we talked about yeah. of some of this can. Cons- can still be true while discarding some of the parts that weren't, uh, but then also some of the other things that I've learned since then can be true. Uh, it it even says life can be paradoxical and full of mystery. Uh, And I think that's so like, that's, that's like the whole thing, right. Is accepting that like God could be love, but also pain is very real. Right. As opposed to like, uh, I think about, you know, articles people write, like, if you complain about any pain, you're like, you're saying that God's whatever isn't good enough for you, and
0: yeah. well,
1: that's like a really big oversimplification for I know. people who are going through very real pain, like yes. every day. Yeah. You know, so to that's look right. at someone and say like, "Hey, I know a family member just died, uh, you should celebrate anyway." Like that's <sighs> wild. Yeah. Uh, but being able to say like, "Hey, things like your pain is very, very real, and that you know there, are, there that sucks, and there are like things to process yeah. through." while holding on to some sense of hope, and that doesn't mean like be happy, but like that there's like this greater kind of joy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's like, you know, what we try to do a lot yeah. on the show is say both those things can coexist That's right. instead of like, well, either you're here or you're there, neither of which work particularly well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this reminds me a lot of One of the things that I didn't mention about in my journey was that at one point in grad school, I had the opportunity to travel to Turkey. Um, and part of that trip, we visited Rumi's burial site. Um, and I fell in love with Rumi's poetry when Hmm. I was in grad school and just being exposed to, You know, mysticism and the ability to hold, you know, to move away from that non-dualistic thing or to move away from dualistic thinking and to lean more into the non-dualistic thinking, being able to hold and accept those paradoxes and say, it can be both this and this. And it, it doesn't make sense. It's not cut and clear and easy. But I can hold all of it together and trust. I mean, for me, this is truly coming from a place for myself to be able to hold that tension and trust that God is so much bigger and is holding all of it together that I don't have to be the one in control and recognize there are limits of logic that I'm not going to be able to you know, think through and make sense of every single thing that happens in this world, right? Every pain, every suffering, every joy, every goodness, every blessing. I'm not going to be able to make sense of all of it, but I can at least open my hands up and trust that someone or something bigger than me is holding it all together Hmm. and to lean into that mystery and say, I don't, I'm, I don't have to have it all figured out myself and that's okay. I'm, I'm comfortable with not knowing it all. Um, that takes a lot of work, I think, to get to that place. And Mm. I don't think that we forever stay in that place. I think that things happen in our lives where we kind of retreat to old ways of coping with things. Um, so
1: yeah. And this, I mean, these like stages of development, uh, uh, with linear. a lot of these yeah. you know the stages of grief or whatever yeah. we end up saying like hey these things aren't yeah. linear so not right. to like buy into that but you even talked about like dualistic thinking and it reminded me of um falling upward by richard Weber. oh my
0: gosh i love that book yes. yeah
1: and so yeah. I, that's the reading through some of these makes me think exactly yeah. of that book of like hey i've gotten to the point where
0: yeah like the soldier yeah prophet. yeah yeah yeah
1: and I, I, I you know you always hear people say like i know enough to know what i don't know right yeah, and i think about right. that a lot of times of like if you're very confident that you have all the answers, right, it goes back to kind Certainty. of Job's friends, like yeah, uh, then like you're probably missing something, right? It's like, yeah. oh, I can explain everything. Well, like you probably can't, yeah. you know, cuz then then what happens is you get to a point where something happens yep. and you say, "I can't explain this." And then everything, I mean, that right. causes a crisis, right? Where you say like, right. "Oh, everything I thought that was yep. for sure is now maybe all of it's yep. you know up for up for debate." Um, yeah. And so, yeah. You know,
0: yeah, yeah. That's no, it's hard though,
1: and even you use the phrase holding tension, yeah, which I was thinking that phrase before you even said oh, it, yeah. And I think it's, I love that description because it even like within those words suggests like this isn't going to be super comfortable, Oh, that's
0: right, right? That's so right. I, that's right, the, the last one that you had or... said,
1: you know, uh, live their lives without any real worries or doubts, and I, I, yeah. I. I few people indeed i said because i don't that yeah. seems wild to me because the goal isn't necessarily like oh i'm like floating around like an amoeba right. just like you know right. everything's right. fine right. but to be able to like hold those intention and say like again like these two things can coexist and i don't know the answer and then like how do i get to be okay with that that doesn't mean i don't care about it right, right. no worries or doubts Like right. not that i don't care about any of it but then like right not needing you know maybe specific very tidy answers.
0: Right. Yeah. And being comfortable with that and being so, I mean, I mentioned the wilderness piece before. I think this is really where you get to that point in the wilderness of our journey. You know, really, you know, I love when Brené talks about it in Braving the Wilderness, how, you know, there's not a clear path ahead of you. Um, like, and if there was a clear path ahead of you, then it's not your path. Yeah. Like you're following someone else's, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but, but there's a point at which you, you it's scary and it's always going to be a little bit scary, but you, you lean into it and get comfortable enough with it that you're not seeking those boundaries and sense of grounding from things outside of you, like a institutional church or religion or something like that. But, but you start to shift into that grounding deep within. Um, and I think, I think that's a little bit of where Fowler is going with this too because you're leaning into that mystery. You're okay with it. You're not being, you're not feeling like you're stuck in this theological box. And I don't know that it's that you don't have any real worries or doubts. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would love to say that at some point I could be there. I know there are times in which I have felt genuine peace and contentment and groundedness, right? But Then something
1: happens and you're worried again. What's that? Then something happens and you're worried again.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think we're, I'm completely immune to it, you know? Um, and I think that, you know, as life gets busy, we fall into some diff you know, various coping mechanisms that I think pull us out of this sense of peace and contentment. But again, for me, this is why I practice centering prayer every day, because I need to be reminded that I am the beloved, that mm. God loves me, that I don't need to hustle for it and, um, that I don't have to worry that God's holding it all together. And that's for me. That's my journey. It's not what I would ever say Anyone else needs to believe or has to believe. It's just where I have found my truth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And just like a, a, a follow-up question that I think I already know the answer to. Uh-oh. But right. So when you say like God's holding God all together, I don't need to worry. What you don't mean is like, well, yeah. like toss my hands up. Like, well, God has it. So no, like, I don't have any part no, in this. No, no, right? no, no, no. Like we still have a, a part.
0: I still go back to that, Emmanuel. Like God's with us. God's yeah. with me through this. Yeah. I don't have to throw my hands up and just say, well, that's it. It's done. I still have to, you know, march along and get up every each day and do my part and discern when is enough, right? Like when I've done enough and not that I need to like hustle and, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's great.
0: Yeah. I don't know, but it's interesting, you know, mapping out these stages of faith and, and reflecting on, you know, both of our journeys and and I, yeah, I, I don't think it's linear. I don't think it's one, once and then you're done and you stay in universalizing the rest of your life, right? you know? Yeah, but.
1: Yeah. I even think it's probably pretty common where you go from like one formal institutional and then go into the, or whatever the ones are, right? Yeah. You go into like kind of the skeptical one where you're trying to evaluate things and then you find like, oh, this camp like believes more of these things that I've evaluated to be true. And then- yeah maybe go into like the formal institutional with them where you're like oh well then these people are like this thing is completely right and those people are wrong and then you kind of get in the same and then eventually those people do something bad or you know something happens where you say oh wait shoot maybe this is and so kind of this eternal like i'm trying to find the people that have it all right or like which is why uh, you know sometimes people like what denomination are you and i literally couldn't tell you the difference between essentially any denomination because i i haven't like investigated them to try and figure out which one because like i don't know that i care that much oh, because yeah. they are just like they're different boxes yeah and i don't know that i particularly want to say like which box do i think
0: but for some people that really does matter yeah. as you can see in these stages of face development you know for some folks at certain points along the way that box is a big deal for them yeah yeah and that's where they're building their identity and you know but that at some point later it deconstructs yeah right yeah 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 but hmm. um yeah. And I definitely don't want to like disrespect the different denominations. Cause I know each one has its gifts that it offers the world. Right. 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 But, um, but yeah, I think you and I are probably very similar in yeah. terms of thinking about what those gifts are that each denomination bring, but what, where we land with yeah. what we, yeah. 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 That's uh, good. That's good. Oh man. Well, what else? I
1: don't know. I, I'm I- like we got to talk some about our, not that the show's about us, obviously, but, you know, put some oh. like kind of narrative to it I know. and then also, you know, be, yeah. be nerdy and talk about I some know. like proposed, yes. uh, theories here, <laughs> um, but hopefully that's helpful for – and if you say – if you go look at this PDF and you say, like, this whole thing doesn't match me at all, that's fine. You
0: yeah, know? no, that's totally fine. But maybe,
1: maybe right. for some people, like, kind of attaching some language of, like, oh, yeah. right, this is – you know.
0: It may help in thinking of, oh, that's what was happening at this point in my life right. as I was yeah. – yeah. yeah. And you all got to learn a little bit more about where Robert and I <laughs> are <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in our faith journeys Yeah. So.
1: Well, Holly, any closing words for our guests today?
0: Oh, wait for
1: our listeners today. I, I think know. I always do that. No,
0: no, no. Oh, I know. That's right. Because it's it's us. Well, one, I would say, y'all, this is so fun to get to sit at the table <laughs> with Robert. Like this is y'all have no. We're gonna have to get on the, um, Facebook and say hi to everyone in a second, just so that we're like, no, this really did happen. We're not just saying this. Yeah. But my, I think what I would say to those who are listening is that. I would hope that you would find grace for yourself in your faith journey, wherever you are. If you are in a season of deep pain and suffering, or if you're in a season of an incredible amount of joy and excitement or anywhere in between, you know, as much as we talk about mental health being a spectrum, our faith lives are a spectrum as well. And doubt can absolutely be a part of that. And again, I feel as though, If you believe in a higher power, um, I believe that that higher power is holding that alongside those moments of deep faith as well. And and that's part of the journey, that wrestling, because sometimes it is in those deep moments of doubt shortly thereafter that we experience a tremendous amount of growth, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, And so just... My hope and prayer with it would be that you find some grace for yourself through this, and um, and for others in their faith journey too. As going back to what we were saying earlier, when we receive that sense that God loves us, as yeah. we were talking about your journey, I think that you know that we can go out and love others. But I think as we deeply receive the mystery of faith, we can hold that space for others to experience their own mystery.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, that's great. What about you? Any closing thoughts?
1: yeah i mean i I' would echo a lot of what you said, but you know I just think if if there's some sense of doubt uh, which I, there probably is right but if to lean into that right not yeah. to say, well, I have to try and stuff this down and, and ignore it because it 's something bad yeah. right? i don 't think that 's true. I think the more that we like wrestle through things, the more at least in my experience, the more that i 've come out on the other side with the bigger understanding of of love and of who God is of yeah you know so shifting from a, a why doesn't god just instantly heal this to like oh god is a god who sits with us in our pain i think that's a, like a bigger understanding to me and a, maybe a more comforting understanding to me instead of like you know kind of this magic trick of yeah and so wrestling through that instead of saying like well i'll just ignore this like i'm a bad person if i do especially if if there's been some kind of, like, experience of, like, loss or grief or tragedy or yeah. trauma or yeah. uh, betrayal, right? I mean, uh, allowing yourself to, like, feel those things I think really matters. And then just to see where that takes you. Yeah. You know, there's a, 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 a poet called um, Buddy Wakefield, and one of his – one of the lines in one of his poems says, stop putting walls into wide open spaces. And I think about that oh, all the time that's uh, good. of, like, if, I, if, if God is a God that I can fully understand – then like, I don't know that that's a God that I have any interest in following. And so to be, be able to say like, well, I'm going to take, I'm going to follow this wherever it goes and Mm -hmm. trust that like in what, if it's like a safe, you know, the safe space, but to trust that that teaches me something and grows me and and I learn something out of that, you know, while seeking maybe some wisdom from people that you really trust and that have your your best interest in mind. Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah. That's good. Well, Thank you for coming by my parents' house and <laughs> hanging out to chat. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was trying to think of like a, do you want to go to the prom or something?
0: To... <laughs> yeah. Y'all, Robert and I were joking. It was so funny. We like, do you want to go to my parents' house? Do you want to go to my parents' house? <laughs> yeah. Trying to figure out. Well, my house is quite them.
1: far from where we are, which is right, why right. those were the options. Yeah. 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 So funny. funny. Hey, if you want to connect with Holly, you can find her at hollyoxhandler.com or on Twitter at Hollyoxhandler. If you want to connect with me, you can find me at robert vorcom or on pretty much any social media at Robert Vore. Uh, as always, go connect with the show all over the place. Join the Facebook community group and support us on Patreon, all those good things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And another little shout out. Thank you, Susan Case Designs, for letting us hang out in the kitchen. We appreciate it.
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: All right. Have a good day, y'all.
1: Let's go see if your mom will make us pizza bagels. Yes.
0: (laughs) Bye.